All right, it's the last week of the college football season. We're throwing it back to the year 2000. This is the weekend spread. Let's get it going. Hello and welcome to the Weekend Spread. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, as always, we've got Boaten Blake, Jamison Maxwell, and Ty Lee. And guys, we've reached the end of the line for the regular season. Still got championship week, but we, uh, we're we here. And it's it's going to be fun. I, you know, I, I feel like you know, rivalry week's always a good time. And, you know, with this week, we, we decided to really uh, throw a wrench in everything and make make things a little bit different. So, um, yeah, we're throwing it back to the era when the big 12 was at its best, the early two thousands, the era we all grew up in. And because of, because of it, we're kind of altering the formula a bit. You'll see some old big 12 names. You'll see some, uh, a couple new ones, mainly playing the old ones, but, um, should be a fun time. So, um, before we get started, um, let's just kick this thing off. Uh, Blake, what are your thoughts on on uh, some of your new conference members being left out of the uh, show? Uh, yeah, it's a little concerning when you say the best, the best era of Big 12 football, the early 2000s is not what I think of. I think the conference really grew when we got rid of those Aggies, uh, maybe some of those Cornhuskers, and we added a real man school down in Fort Worth that really anchored the conference last year's regular season champion and of course uh we had a west virginia get some representation of uh out east but hey i i'm excited it's the last regular season this this season has flown by fast and i was listening to our uh friend josh pate before the podcast and (laughs) he had he had said that and this is one things i'll agree with him uh there hasn't really been a volcanic week this year there hasn't as he describes it like where all the good teams lose and like throws everything into hysteria we really haven't had that. It's like kind of the top five or six have just like been steady, consistent. We've had a few scares here or there, but I just feel like that's gearing up for a final good two, three weeks of college football. Make things real interesting because stuff has to get sorted out. There's too many people at the top with no wins or one win or no losses or one loss. It's yeah, I think it's going to get really dicey soon. So I'm excited. Jameson. Yeah, I, I I can't say it any better. Here's the thing. Like, did Bobby talk to us about changing up the, the Shield games? Did he Did oh, he yeah. talk to no, us? I, I, no, he, I don't think talked about it. I think he just, like, he did his usual sin, the spreadsheet, and he'll probably say, oh, because I told y'all we were throwing it back to the mid-2000s. That was a uh, good enough clue for thank, you to, thank God to he, understand. Yeah. Thank, no, I God, just, thank God he cooked. And, um... Paid, created like really cool outlay or overlay right now on YouTube. So if y'all don't already subscribe to us on YouTube, come check this out. Bobby's absolutely cooked. Yeah, it is gradients galore. I got the Spider-Man uh, slash PlayStation 3 font going. It, it, it looks like uh, the 2000s just threw up right all over the screen. Um, anyways, Ty, what are your thoughts on uh, this week of college football? Exciting stuff. Um but you're you're currently in last. Had a pretty mm-hmm. solid week, continuing to climb. This looks to be a big week for you, I think. 
Yeah, I've been closing in on Jameson a little bit. You guys threw me a bone there, uh, believing in in betting on DJU uh, against a ranked <laughs> opponent. I'm not really sure what was going on there. Duke got benched like the third drive, and then the other guy got benched, so they had to bring him back out. Uh, absolute tomfoolery. But I'm feeling good. I made some mistakes last week, some, some silly mistakes. I should not have picked USC. I should have gone with the hater take against another bump quarterback, Drake May and pick Clemson. I even talked about it on the pod um, and decided to go for love of the game and love of good offense, which USC did not bring against a coach who's about to be fired. You know, that's an interesting situation. Not going to look good for Lincoln Riley's Texas A&M application, but uh, I'm feeling good. Yeah. Uh, that, I, I will say, that picking USC, that was a little rough, but it wasn't as rough as Jameson's Boko pick. Going back oh, okay. to Boko well over and over again, man. What what are you thinking? We, we I, you know, you know. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what I've done. I didn't know it could be this bad. Boko made national headlines this weekend. They made national headlines, and it was for all of the wrong reasons. And I feel horrible. Y'all been clowning me in the group text. Oh, Jameson, how could you do this? How could you you know do this to yourself? of going back to the Boko well. You already know it's a failure. Reverse it. This is what I'm saying. How could I have done this to Boko? I feel so bad for what I've done. This Boko team was doing so good. I was trying to put out positive vibes. I was trying to have fun with it. This team just got 77 put on them by Arkansas State and Butch Jones. 77. I feel horrible. And everything that you want to say to me, Blake, of calling me a ball not knower. Yep, I was about to say that's what happens that's when a not, ball not no, knower he was blinded hops on by the bandwagon. Love. He was blinded by love. We I was have imagined that though. You know what I mean? Like that was no, a blowout. I'm a ball not knower. That I I will take it. What what else you got for you me? You can't Blake? reverse I, I jinx your way. I I warned on the. I know you were recorded, so you couldn't have changed your mind. But I warned everybody. It's like <laughs> Arkansas State is a way different team after that OU game. Like they actually figured stuff out, and they became a legitimate like a legitimate team again. They shed away those tears and form themselves out of a new cocoon, this Arkansas State team, which could actually compete in the Sun Belt. But yes, Jameson, we knew this. We knew this. The ball not knower takes last week. You're always hiding from those recorded videos. You know <laughs> you're putting out fodder out there that we're going to react, but you never have to stand trial for them. You just kind of throw it out there. You don't have to take the ridicule. You just move on to the next week. You don't take the consequences. I'm glad I'm having you here last week, last regular week at the season. Season where I get to pin you down. I get to really put your takes to the test, and you got to stand by them. So, I, I did have one Island Boy win. Obviously, the Baylor one didn't work out, but I did hit the Kansas one. I did feel good about that. And I was honestly really surprised that I was Island on the Kansas Kansas State pick. I am very stunned that hit. I I was I thought Kansas State was going to roll away with it, but I think Lance Leipold just they're added just to different. The in, they're different in Lawrence, to, man. Add it to the resume. They just seem to get up for games. Like, they just, besides Texas, it just doesn't seem to get blown out all too much. Yeah, and even without Jason Bean, you know, really, they they really stepped up. Very impressive, I would say, uh, to say the least. Uh, they do not appear on the slate. <laughs> but, uh, anyways. Uh, do guys, they have a chance go... of making the, they don't have a chance of making no. the Big 12 champion. Okay, good. I was no, like. No. <laughs> they're, no, they're, they're very now. dumb, especially now, uh, after losing K-State, so. 
Um, all right, let's let's go ahead and dive into this. So just a little refresher on the standings. Uh, Blake is on top at uh, 69 and 58. I'm right behind him at 66 and 62. Both of us had pretty rough weeks. I had a particularly rougher one because we were different on one item, and that was Tennessee for some reason. Uh, Jameson is 64 <laughs> and 64. <laughs> Ever stayed Talk 500. <laughs> what? Talk about, about things that I... need to be atoned for. Awful. <laughs> that was it. That was that might have been the. That's worst. a ball not nowhere to. <laughs> that was a. I took I took the cheese. That was a really bad look, man. That was a really there was really no bad cheese one. there. The trap had already sprung. We knew what Tennessee was. Bobby, Bobby crawled in between the trap and just put it on like it was some covers. He, like a blanket. He took up the trap. It was so bad. Blanketed that I like trap knew back it over too. Him. Like it was. It was bad. They lost. Bad. They got beat like beat into the ground by Mizzou. We knew it before the week I, before. I was the feeling kind of were... good. I was feeling kind of good when they were like Dolly Parton's going to be there. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> there we go. This is the momentum we need. <laughs> it, it it did enough to just keep them in the game for the first first uh, quarter, but they are they are trash. Uh, that was that was a horrible mistake. Uh, Jameson's 64 and 64, staying 500 uh, with a five and five week, and Ty at 62 and 66. He is six and four. Um, for those keeping track at home, uh, we also, in addition to the wild card at the end of the show, we have a, uh, a pot of greed pick. And Blake, you're the only one with one left. This is the last. I have week. to use it. it. This is all the pressure is on me. This was not how. This is not how I intended it when I was coming into the season. Why did I you just... remind him? He could have gotten the automatic L that we were talking no, about. No, I knew I was going to have to do it. I, I, It wasn't like Bobby was like, oh, I knew I was going to have to do it, but I've been plotting and planning to figure out what the yeah. heck I'm going to do with Bobby's it. Bobby's the I'm kid not like, really... teacher, teacher, we forgot no. to turn in our homework. <laughs> you I'm telling you, Blake, you should have used it last week. You, had, you were right on top I of knew. that Clemson one with me, and now we've got a stank slate that you're going to have yeah. to pick from. You're going to have to pick, like... You're going to have to pick, like, UNT minus three or something. Who would pick that, Ty? (laughs) (laughs) They get one point for each shade of green on their Texas flag. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's dive into this slate. And a little, little, um, I told the guys this ahead of time, that the order was off. Uh, but it wouldn't be off for the rest of them. It's off for all of them. Uh, so I knew it. This. <laughs> Bobby <laughs> was so much time manipulating the order. No, I was. I was. <laughs> look, I made. I I started the base of this graphic package when I was leading, and I forgot to change it. So we're gonna go in like this weird little end snake. Uh, it's fine. Method. I'll still beat you anyways, Bobby. It doesn't. No. it doesn't matter if you <laughs> get that like, last line. I need you to weird. I need I need like an offer from Blake or Bobby this week just to make things spicy going into next week. Oh my goodness! If I go offer, it better be offer ten. I need another one. I'm chasing the high of either. I'm chasing the high of either or offer eleven. I'm chasing that high of a perfect week, regardless if it's in the win column or loss column. Oh my God. Always going to be chasing that high. All right, let's move on to our first game and let's just cut right to the chase. We're starting with the game. 11-0 Ohio State, 6-4-1 against the spread. They're heading to Ann Arbor to take on the Michigan Wolverines, who are also 11-0, 5-5-1 against the spread. Uh, Michigan favored by four at home at the big house. Uh, you can find this one, 11 a.m. Central on Fox. Big noon kickoff on Saturday. Blake, kick us off here. Who do you like? 
Oh, this is dirty. This is dirty. I don't know. Because we got, on one hand, we got the Michigan storyline, the seal stealing, the interim head coach coming in. They looked pretty good against Penn State. But the thing that's, like, worrying me, J.J. McCarthy just does not seem right. He was never right. He was never a good quarterback. We kind of all knew that from the inception. But America, Michigan fans tried to boost him up. Uh into something that he isn't but then on the other side we got ohio state we got maserati marv kyle accord it's uh, the receiver's good but quarterback bad can't really run the ball but a good defense oh this is hard this is hard this is hard I'm getting, I'm going with the cheating SOBs, Michigan. I think, I, I just, I think they have Ryan Day's number. That's, that's the one thing I be, think about Ryan Day. It's like, he's nice, keeps it nice and stable. They don't lose to who they're not supposed to. But when it comes to this game, they can't beat them. I just think Michigan is on that level. And although they're doing this propaganda of like free Harbaugh and like, we are the victims here, even though uh, Michigan agreed to the settlement, they were the ones who were like saying, yes, we are fine with you suspending so long as you don't like peek into our program anymore because they know it's significantly worse. That somehow works. Like Kirby Smart does it all the time. The good coaches, they can motivate their teams, even though they are the top dog, couldn't be like any, like couldn't be any better, still able to motivate them. I gotta go Michigan. I gotta go Michigan. There's something weird around it, but I'm going the Wolverines. Yeah, Blake, I, I get it. And Michigan is, the, the thing that they have over Ohio State year in, year out, is their toughness. They seem to always just kind of outgrit the Buckeyes. And, you know, that first year, completely ambushed them. Second year, a little bit tricky, but, you know, um, Michigan pulled through with the win at the shoe. I just... I don't think I can see a world where Ohio State loses three straight to Michigan. I think they correct things and pull off a very, very sneaky good win. And, you know, I, I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the points on this one. I'm going to go with the Bucks plus four uh, to keep this thing close. Um, I think we're in for a game for the ages. These two teams just do nothing but churn out some classic games. All right. Oh, Be Jameson's up next because of our weird system. So what do you have, Jameson? Blake, I'm so happy that Bobby's starting off the 0 for 10 week very, very well. There we go. Give me, give me some Michigan. I'm with the captain on this one. I've just been looking at this game for a while. And Michigan throughout this year, I've been very, very surprised with in terms of their offense. And I feel like they're just an absolutely dominant team. Ohio State, I've watched their games. And I go, mm, there's, there's some weaknesses here with Michigan. I haven't seen really a lot of that. I watch their games, and I'm like, this team is damn good. Ohio State, I can find little cracks in their armor. So whenever you tell me Michigan's at home and there's some cracks in the Ohio State armor, it's going to be really hard for that Ohio State offense to you know go out there and make big plays on the road versus Michigan defense. I think Michigan wins by six. Look, this is a lot of – I'm honestly surprised that this is over three points. I think that Michigan is – the better team, but this is going to sound crazy for four points. I think four points is a lot of points to be throwing on both of these teams being undefeated. And then, you know, a, a rivalry game as big as this, one. this is a massive, massive game. But I think one of the factors is it's they, they committed the Cardinal sin with Michigan, the Cardinal sin it's in, you know, like the art of war and, 
everything else, they they hurt them, but they didn't actually punish them. All they did was light a fire under Michigan. They, you know, Michigan, to be clear, has not played anyone. Penn State is not a tough opponent. Like, let's get this. this is not a bit. That's factual. They lose to anyone that has a pulse. Michigan has not played anyone. Has Ohio State played anyone? I don't necessarily know, but they've lit a fire under this Michigan team. And I think Harbaugh has, no matter what he's done to create it, created a system that can function even when he is not there on the sideline. He's still getting to practice with them. He's still getting the scheme and plan and everything else with this team. I think all they've done is light a fire under a team that I don't think that they're actually a national championship contender this year, but they are certainly a contender to beat Ohio State. I could see it going either way, but give me Michigan minus four. I did not was not and, ready for that. You never know where ties go. How were you not ready for that? I, <laughs> yeah, well, I thought that was one of the more obvious tie ones where he was yeah, going they've with that. Wounded, they've wounded Michigan and it's only angered that they've I, I, well, the you start you started off and I thought you were gonna go Ohio State and then it went Michigan. I wasn't I just wasn't ready. Yeah, you the, just weren't looking for context cute. I had to slip in an anti Penn State. That wasn't an anti Michigan okay. by saying that they haven't played anyone. That was okay. anti Penn State. Okay. Okay. I almost said that I, I Ohio was, State played someone, wrong. but then I realized that was going to be giving credit to, to Notre, Notre Dame. I need to listen better. <laughs> I guess so. Michigan uh, has right. experience not coaching. Like the first three games of the season or four no, games, been they did coach like, like, like Harbaugh's going to coach less games on the sidelines in the season than like he, it's. It's insane. He's going to be on the sidelines less than he actually is for being if head Michigan coach. Was, He's going to miss six games. Yeah. yeah. If Michigan was fiscally like smart, they'd look at his contracts and they wouldn't pay him any like championship or playoff bonuses because they're like, oh, bro, you weren't here. You know I love I mean? the- <laughs> I love that Michigan wised up on this one, though. It's like he missed three games for buying some recruits some hamburgers, and then the Big Ten <laughs> gave him three games for, like, potentially, like, altering the outcomes of games easily, and they just, like, I they saw the light. They're like, okay, this is a slap on the wrist. Like, we can get this away <laughs> immediately <laughs> if we just take this. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole situation is a mess. All right, moving on to our next game. It is the last Civil War game for a uh, good while. It's the Oregon State Beavers, eight and three overall, six and five against the spread. They're heading to Autzen Stadium in Eugene to take on the Oregon Ducks, who are ten and one, nine and two against the spread. You can find this one on ABC on Friday night, seven thirty p.m. Central. The Ducks favored by fourteen. Oy. And Ty, I'm sure you're just so ready to just rip into this uh, to, to, to Oregon State, aren't you? And DJU. Look, here's the thing. A, a fun fact that not very many people know is that Oregon State is the Beavers, but uh, on their logo, as you can see there, if you're watching on the video, it's actually a lemming. And it's actually all of my co-hosts on this podcast that continue to pick this three-loss team, about to be four-loss team, that... Honestly, I have no idea how they were as high as they were in the ranking. They were like the Pac-12's old Miss. Like everyone knew that they shouldn't be there, but no one, everyone was so tired by the time they got to them in the college football playoff ranking like meeting that they were like, oh, I don't feel like arguing about it. Fine, we'll put them there. It, it's absurd that Oregon is, Oregon State is up here. Give me the Ducks all day. I, I don't understand how the Ducks lost to Washington at this point. Like this Washington team that's playing now that we just saw play 
Oregon State is not the Washington team that played Oregon. I think Oregon's gotten a lot better. I think Oregon is a more serious national title contender than Michigan is. Give me my Ducks. This is a bit of a homer take because I love the Ducks. Give me my Ducks minus 14 here. All bits about DJU aside, I, I think that there's a lot of media hype around Oregon State that they deserve because they got the short end of the stick. Um, and I think the media and everyone else is trying to help them out. They are the underdogs, you know, they're scrappy. They've been screwed over by the system. I understand that. They're not the football team that people think they are. I'm struggling with this one because 14 is a lot of points, but I really think Oregon needs to be appreciated more like Ty is saying. This team, I think, is the third most talented football team in the nation. Is that a hot take? Is it really hot? I don't. I don't think that it really is. I don't think so. I, I think it's just about right. I think the porridge is okay. Um, I'm really, really stunned with this football team. Oregon State's momentum coming off that loss and Carvalis. I I just think Oregon can get it here. I, I hate this. I hate this line. I I would just stay away from a, this large of a point gap in a rivalry game like this. But um, just give me Oregon. I guess I don't know. Uh, this is stank. This is stank. Jameson manipulating his picks to just go chalk with me so that I can't close the gap with him. <laughs> what do you mean that the Michigan Ohio State game was much harder to pick than this in terms yeah. of like, yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's my thing. I, I, I've been a big proponent of the Beavers this season. They let me down pretty, pretty big against Washington. Honestly, almost pulled off that win despite. Yeah, like I was like, we're acting like they got, they got, we're acting like they got blown out. They lost by two points, like against turnovers, which really says a lot about them. But the thing is, if you follow Oregon State enough, you know that when they go on the road, they look awful. They are not the same team on the road as they are at home. Because of that, I'm going to go with Oregon big. They understand the stakes. They understand the rivalry. And Dan Lanning doesn't strike me as a guy who under underestimates teams, especially in moments like this. They know that Oregon State's going to be coming for their throats. I think Oregon wins it big. Ah, uh, this one's a hard one. I'm because I I am an or- Oregon State lover. I love the spooky bees. Spooky bees are always in my heart. But it is nice. Ty's takes about DJU probably closer to the truth than not. <laughs> and to address just one of Ty's points, this is just something because I was checking to see if Washington, Washington State was going to be on it. The Apple Cup is not. The national college football media is calling Washington the TCU of last year, which is just the most asinine thing whenever they had a Heisman, like, at least in the top five in the Heisman polls with a quarterback, and, like, were ranked at the beginning of the season. Like, this Washington team, although they've overperformed, have not come out of nowhere. They have not come, like, it is not surprising at the end of the day that Washington is going to be playing for a Pac-12 championship. It is not. It it just simply is not. And I know this is this is about Oregon, Oregon State. I was still impressed by Oregon State last week. They really limited, like, I know that Washington offense hasn't looked good for the past few weeks. It just seems like after they beat Oregon, they've kind of been on coasting mode, but still were able to contain them. I just, I gotta be a true believer that rivalries, this many points mean something. Like, besides an Alabama, a Georgia, that can really suffocate you, and it's just suffocating everybody they're playing. 
14 points just seems like a lot. It does. Like, I think Oregon wins this one. I think that Oregon wins this one easy. Dan Laney's an incredible coach, and I think Oregon's, like, Oregon's so well-suited for this Big Ten move. They play with, like, kind of that SEC physicality, and they recruit well uh, out in the West Coast. Like, get good defense, guys. They're kind of the antithesis of Lincoln Riley of who and, like, the style of player they're recruiting, and it's working out fantastically for them. They're going to be really good, and I think it's going to be a Washington-Oregon rematch, but I just think 14 points at the end of the day, way too much in a rivalry game. So, got to take the beefs. I think the defense is too good to keep it close. That's fair. That's fair. All right, <sighs> let's move on to our next ball game. We have um, a massive oh, one, especially if you're a Sooner <laughs> fan. Um, so, Texas Tech Red Raiders, 6-5 and five overall, 5-6 five and six against the spread, heading to Austin in the last edition of this rivalry. Uh, to take on the Longhorns, who are 10-1 and one overall, first 10-win season in forever, and they're acting like it's their Super Bowl. Uh, yep. And they're 5-6 and six against the spread. Uh, Texas, favored by 13.5 here. You can find this one 6.30 p.m. Central on ABC on Friday. Uh, Ty, I saw you raised your hand there. What's up? Yeah, I just want to say, for those that are watching on YouTube, this is the first Big 12 game that we've picked on this, this retro pod. And, Bobby, you did such a great job with the graphics. This, this retro graphic the tech, the Texas, the big 12, like it, I got nostalgia from this, from this big 12 one. So great job with that. Wanted to give that a shout out. Well, thank you. I, I do appreciate it. And it, it's funny. Cause it's like, these are actually are their, just their logos, but uh, they, they were the exact same well, logos the in, 12. Two, in like 2002, but the big 12 is funky and you know, the weird little gradient buttons. And I don't know. I, I appreciate the shout out. That means, that means a lot. Um, Blake, kick us off here. Uh, Texas, 13 and a half. Who do you got? This one's a hard one because I think everybody outside of Texas fans are relying on Texas Tech to, like, really pull through for us. Like, you're kind of the last guardian to keep Texas out of the Big 12 championship. It would be the funniest thing ever. But this Texas Tech team sucks. I am sorry. I started believing them in the, like, believing in them in the past few weeks. I started listening to Ball Not Knower Jameson that Baron Morton might actually be good. <laughs> they barely beat UCF last week at home with the possum towels. I'm tired of, I'm tired of this Tech team. They aren't pulling through whatsoever. I know they got a close win against Kansas, but it took them knocking out their or Beans now their starting quarterback, Jalen Daniels, hasn't played a meaningful game in two years. Don't give me that. So knock out the starting quarterback. I don't care. I don't care if they've been 3-0 since the Possum. They barely beat a TCU team that was struggling. They barely beat a UCF team who is god-awful. God-awful. Give me Texas. Texas is just going to roll them. It's going to be sad. Every Big 12 school is just like, Texas Tech, like, do it for us. Texas Tech never pulls through when the lights are bright. We know this. They just get those random wins in week three that, like, really screw up the season, really screw up the standings, but they can't come pull through when the lights are brightest i know this about tech it is the one defining thing and it's just kind of a slap in the face to put this game on rivalry week what rivalry texas tech just stinks the school with no rivals get them out of here give me the longhorns hook them hook them baby because it's it's gonna be a blowout this is gonna be 
bad. Oh, and Jameson, Tyler's shock entering the transfer portal. I knew that guy was a bum to start, <laughs> and he's a bum. I don't know how he has any years of eligibility left. I like this guy's been in college football for six years and somehow in the transfer portal. But well, it's it's clear whenever you see the talent of Baron Morton at the quarterback position, he knows that Baron there's no Morton stinks. <laughs> he's like he's going he's going bar for bar with John Rice Plumley, and that is an insult. That is not like that is not a compliment whatsoever. So yeah, get it, get it out of here. I'm I'm very at least Tech's recent struggles has made me very optimistic about where they stand in the new Big Twelve, and it's right about where they are right now. So here's my thing: all signs point to Texas not just winning this one, but covering it. And look, I just. I can't get over the the Yormark thing at the start of the season when we talked to the Red Raider Red Raider Club and we're like, "Hey, I really need y'all to pull it, for, pull, you know, figure it out. I'm gonna be at that last game in Austin. I don't know if they win the game, but 13 and a half. I I don't know. Texas has kind of been playing with their food a little bit. I I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Red Raiders plus 13 and a half. You know who else feels. has been playing with their food? A team that is five is six and five right now, which makes absolutely no sense. I don't think they're playing with their food, Blake. They're I not. think they're just bad. Okay, it makes me I, feel no. even better. Look, there. This is probably a ball not nowhere take, but I'm going purely based on vibes here. I think Tech finds a way to keep this thing close. Just say it, Bobby. It's You're a conspiracy theorist, Big Twelve ref fan. Oh yeah. That- I, this is not. I cannot believe I have Bobby making the Homer Shield take and Blake going all in on Texas here. Freaky Friday. shocking. I, Bobby does have a point, though, with the Yomark thing. Like, what did he know? With all the ref manipulation that we've seen, the fact that he just happened to know preseason that the last, hope, you know, the last it, week was going to decide if Texas made it in or not does seem a bit suspicious. It would be hilarious if it's just the most overt thing in the world. Like, even more overt <laughs> than it actually is. Like, three Texas players are ejected in the first quarter. Like, I want to see... <laughs> I want to see, like, the three pumps, key and peel sketch type of refing when it comes to this <laughs> game. Like, uh, that's that's exactly what I need. I Longest I, yard I, level. Yep, I, that's what I need. That's what I need for this game. So <laughs> Quinn Ewers will try to beam the ref with the ball, but he'll miss because he's Quinn Ewers. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right, uh, my pick. Ty, I need you to help me out with this one. Can I get... One horn up on the right, one horn up on the left. Come on, bring Come him on, up, Blake. bring him up. We, Come on, Blake. We got some horns up. <laughs> no, really what it is, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> how, did that, how did you do that? <laughs> if you what? put up horns up, you get the disco lights. <laughs> so, hold on. So, everyone, everyone had horns up, and then Blake's... Okay. Oh, <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is why y'all gotta watch on YouTube. We have no idea how this is happening, but Blake keeps getting these disco rainbow lights that go up every single time he puts double horns up. I'm not, I have no idea how this happens. We've seen it once before. We'd have no idea. But all I know is Ty and I's hands were up with horns up in the air, so it can't be us who have been doing yeah. special effects. So it's hey, all look, if, if I knew how to do that, I would be overusing it like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> how? How does this keep happening? 
Here, okay, here's the thing that makes it even funnier. There's a chance that's just a camera feature. So if you're ever in like actually like a like a work meeting and you do that, then <laughs> just, <laughs> just throw up the double horns. What's up this scenario where Blake's meeting? doing the double horns up in his? <laughs> I don't know, but if it, <laughs> why? <laughs> it's incredible. Incredible. Okay, that's why y'all gotta watch on YouTube. Okay, so. I'm going to pick Texas just because I think they're going to get ahead really early. And all of the fans trying to hope for a non-Texas Big 12 championship are going to be like, oh, this sucks. I waited looking forward to this night game for this whole time. And I have to watch Texas already up 17-0 to at the beginning of the second quarter. I, I just can see it. Give me Texas. Look, Quinn Ewers is, in fact, a bum. Like, give me Texas. I wish they had the backup quarterback in. Uh, I would take them minus 21. But give me Texas minus 13 points. What's, what's the spread of this game if Baron Morton's the quarterback for Texas, Ty? Is Quinn Ewers playing for Tech in that situation? Maybe. Sure. 28. 28. <laughs> and the line moves up. Uh, incredible. Incredible. All right, let's move on to our next game. We've got <laughs> this one's just weird. It's Iowa <laughs> nine and two Big West champs. Iowa uh, five five and one against the spread with this derpy Hawkeye uh, that or uh, Tiger Hawk logo that they ended up rejecting uh, because it, it's horrible. Uh, they're heading to Nebraska, which is this is apparently a rivalry game to take on the five and six Huskers who are four six and one against the spread. Iowa favored by a measly one. You can find this one uh 11 a.m central on cbs uh on friday ty kick us off who do you like is there a way to just pick the under <laughs> and the real way oh. you win this one is by doing everything you can to not watch this but gosh i, I like the huskers I, this is weird i i did not prepare for this one i like the huskers right i think rule is a sneaky little coach I think Nebraska has a lot more to play for. You're talking about a team and a fan base that has still has tremendous buy-in, even after they entered the dark ages by going to the Big Ten. I have no idea. In retrospect, you're like, what? What were they thinking? But give me Nebraska to clinch bowl eligibility in this rivalry game. Um, yeah, because we're basically picking outright at, at minus one. So, yeah, give me give me Nebraska outright. I don't freaking know. Here Iowa's already clinched, but it's just this Nebraska team, ain't it? They, Chuba Putty, Chuba Putty, Chuba Purdy is, <laughs> is their quarterback now, which actually might be a good thing. Iowa, I, I, I screw it, Iowa. I don't have anything. I can't talk about this. Just move on. So Blake is currently gone. So I'll go ahead and talk. Um, it was I, your turn anyways. It's your turn anyways. <laughs> it is my turn anyways. You're right. I forgot about the, the, the weird situation I have put myself in. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm going to go with Nebraska as well here. Um, they're playing for bowl eligibility. As you mentioned, massive deal. Uh, playing at home. Really good crowd. And, I mean, like, Iowa's not going to do anything by winning this game. Nothing happens. Nothing changes. Motivation factor is not there. And they're not even that great in the first place, I think. Um, I think Rule, great motivator. He's going to do enough to get them fired up and get this cover. The line I've actually seen kind of creeping more towards Nebraska still. Um, 
I think it's and in, 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 I think ESPN's market actually has it at Nebraska minus one. So things are wild. Are you talking about ESPN bet? Probably ESPN bet. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty right. ESPN bet manipulating <laughs> the markets. That's going to be the storyline to for next season. It's. <laughs> The misinformation that's going to come out of that company now to sway gambling lines is going to be ridiculous. Just absolutely it's, ridiculous. It's going to be wild. But yeah, I'm going to go with Nebraska uh, plus one here. Okay. Ooh, this one's a hard one. I like this, though. I like this. Put some. If it's going to be bad games, put some hard lines on there. I'm going Iowa. I'm going Iowa. It makes no sense. This team just seems to win. It's like last week versus Illinois. They're like a two-point favorite. I don't get it. I don't care how bad Illinois played. I've seen Iowa. They still win. This team just like really likes Brian Ferentz, which makes no sense. Like He's been a horrendous offensive coordinator, but they're calling timeouts at the end of the game so the players can all hug him. They just still play. Like, th- that's the thing about Iowa football. They win games. They win games, not in a great manner. Like, I couldn't imagine being an Iowa fan. But they win games. And that's why I don't, like, they want to move on from Kirk as well. Because they're like, oh, the new changes with the Big Ten, yada, yada, yada. He just finds a way to win in the ugliest manner. It's not fun. It's pure sickos football. But they just they win games, and yeah, Nebraska has done great. Five wins for them. Honestly, that's something you can hang your hat on. I just feel like Iowa's going to keep, like, getting to that 10-win mark would be awesome for them, and I think something that Kurt can use for years and years to come to to keep them there, so give me the Hawkeyes. All right. Uh, Blake is an island boy with Iowa, so... Wrong. I'm on, on Iowa. Oh, never mind. We're split. My my apologies. All right, our next game. It's the Texas A and M Aggies, seven and four, five five and one against the spread. They're heading to Death Valley to take on the LSU Tigers, who are eight and three, seven and four against the spread. Uh, LSU favored by ten and a half here. You can find this one eleven a.m. Central on ESPN on Saturday. Uh, Blake, kick us off here. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, this one's licking my chops, but. I, I would have taken A&M like a few weeks ago. I don't care about the Jimbo stuff. I think they have a solid defense. Max Johnson is still capable. But some of the recent antics, both sides, has like swayed me the other way. So let's start on the A&M side. Um, they put out a graphic that said they are like 21-0 and against Texas teams since 2013. And it all consisted of G5 schools. It was like not a single Power 5. And the only Power 5 school that was on there was Sam Houston State. While they were still in the FCS. Like it, it, the insane amount of misinformation coming out about that program. And also the fact that they, like I wouldn't say like struggled. But only beat Abilene Christian by 28 at home. They're doing weird things. They did the all walk-on lineup uh, for the kickoff and stuff like that. They're just trying to get, like, the traditions, the that sort of boost, um, which I don't like. That means they're <clears throat> playing bad players. Uh, and LSU just seems to be all in. They know they can't do anything this year. They know, like, even bowl game, it doesn't really matter. They're just trying to, uh, like, post daniel's heisman campaign they're doing anything and everything they can just to run up points on people they're scoring at a amazing clip like and their defense is still not good that's the thing but they are going to keep him in this game like there's there's 
I don't think a chance for a backdoor cover just because they're going to keep him running, throwing just to rack up those stats. I'm going to take the, this is hefty, 10 and a half in a game that I feel like is typically very close, but give me LSU. They're just going to just keep throwing the ball, running the ball, even if they're up big, just so they can get Daniels the Heisman. That's all they care about now. Yeah. Um, LSU obviously putting up numbers and bunches here and yeah, you have that 0.5 little weird, but overall A&M, I just, I, I don't have any faith in them in ter- terms of what they're doing. I imagine they're pretty checked out at this point. Um, LSU, if there's anything I know about them, they're going to put up, put up points and A&M's offense doesn't scare me at all. So LSU minus uh, 10 and a half is the play. Yeah, and Max Johnson's been out the past two weeks for Texas A&M, too. Um, so. I haven't been paying attention to them at all. <laughs> yeah, give me, give me LSU, and my point was exactly going to be what Blake was saying. I think that they just lay it on with Jaden Daniels, and just, like, he's going to continue to get, up like, a bunch of points um, for this LSU football team in the fourth quarter. Yeah, like Jameson said, Blake, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, somehow, <laughs> Pate is gonna Pate is gonna clip this and uh, go on a rant about how Texas A and M is an elite job um, because we picked against them. I don't think it is, right? It's not an elite job nope. because the because you can the put donors, twelve right? over them easy. You can put you can put the all the money in the world, everything else you want. The million different donors having their hands and everything does not create an elite job. Like Iowa is more of an elite job than AM because you can just go like float through, get tenure, you know, collect a couple million each year. But see, uh, I think it's elite for coaches because of that buyout. Like, you know, they kind of, they're not going to give the Jimbo deal, but they're going to match something pretty similar. That's going to make you generational wealth. Even if I don't know, dude, if I'm, if I'm urban Meyer, I'm looking at, I bet I can double the Jimbo buyout and and do it in two years. uh, All joking aside. Yeah. LSU. I'm not big on Daniels. I'm not necessarily that big on, LSU, but I, I think right now, again, the Heisman campaign, they're just going to stay on the cast. It's another thing that Oregon has going for them. Um, you know, Lanning likes to stay on the gas and they're trying to boost Heisman campaign for Bonex. Give me the Tigers minus 10.5. All right, sweep for the Tigers there. Moving on to our next game. It's the Missouri Tigers, 9-2 and two overall, 7-4 uh, against the spread. They're heading to Arkansas to take on the Razorbacks, 4-7, uh, and 5-6 and six against the spread, and they're going to retain Sam Pittman as well, <laughs> which is a what? I, I don't know if it's a wild move because I like him. I think he's a good. good no, it's not fit. wild. Um, Missouri favored by seven here. You can find this one 3 p.m. Central on CBS on Friday. Ty, kick us off here. Who do you like? Neither of these teams deserve an explanation. Give me Missouri strictly business. Yeah, uh, it's Missouri. Same thing on my end. Um, like Blake's been kind of been a hater this whole year, but they've actually. I've watched a couple of their games, and for my eye test, I, there's been some things that I've liked. For my eye test with this Arkansas football team, I don't have much to say. So give me Missouri minus seven here. Yeah, I, I test as well. Mizzou, like, they're gritty. They find ways to win. Should have lost to Florida, but made it happen. Um, I don't see Arkansas really posing much of a threat at all. Not a good team. So give me Mizzou minus seven. You're telling me after they announce that they're bringing back this man, this <laughs> glorious, glorious <laughs> man, <laughs> that they aren't told you really zoom in, <laughs> that they're not going to cover. Here, 
hey, they're not going to cover? You're telling me that? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No way. Give me the Razorbacks. I love the juice around this program right now. Bringing back the man that has given them probably one of their best seasons in recent history. And that's saying something because, ooh, Arkansas, bad program. They are going nowhere in this new SEC. But Mizzou? frauds we saw it last week florida taking them on the tight ropes we've known this they are the this like mizzou is the mid-level of the sec if they are towards the top you know the sec is not that good this year and i've been saying that all year i think they're just the most average looking team sam Pittman, sam Pittman, and those two jugs of energy are gonna get that team up Give me, oh, give me, give me the Razorbacks. I feel very seven points too on the road versus this Missouri team struggling at the end of the year. Eli Drinkowitz, the most cringe. He doesn't get he doesn't get enough credit for being the most cringe coach in college oh. football with his standing oh, on business quote. Like quote, like he is purposely just like googling what are the kids saying these days and just trying to sprinkle them in. I've I've always hated him there. I've hated him there. Average, average team. Give me the Razorbacks, seven points. Ooh, that one's Di- th- good. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> gifting me that. Just a quick round-robin gift to me. Easy. Yeah, bad. Uh, <laughs> Jameson, do you have anything to say on Drinkwitz or are we moving on? No, you guys stupid. Just move on. Yeah, he's a, he's a bozo. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next game. We have... The BYU Cougars, 5-6 and six overall, 4-7 and seven against the spread. They're headed to Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, 8-3, sorry, 7-4 against the spread. This one, massive, massive, massive for um, Big 12 championship implications. Uh, OSU favored by 17.5. You can find this one, 2.30 p.m. Central on ABC. Blake, who do you like? Yeah, this one's relatively easy for me. We talked about it, even though Boomer Blake, which we'll have to address later, I felt, oh, the team let me down this week. I had that pulse to last week. I thought BYU was a whole bunch of walking nothings, but I did say, I'm like, the one place they play well is at home. They just have some magical energy there that they can keep games close, that they can win games. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's something in those cougar tails. Who knows what? But... Give me OSU. I think this one's going to be a blowout. It worries me a little bit that OSU just seems to, they've been gifted a chance at the Big 12 title, and every single week goes out there, and it's just like trying to give it away to anybody who like who wants it. Like The final score last week uh, with Houston is not indicative of how that game was going. Like Houston was in that game, and o- OSU came out with a good cover. Like, they're good win by 13 points but they seem to want to gift it away to anybody that comes through that door well, I just think this BYU team's so bad like even I thought Keaton Slovis was a bad quarterback their new guy just ugh, dreadful 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 that's why I'm very sad about my Sooners but huh, I think yeah I think we have an interesting race in the Big 12 and I think it's just gonna get locked up by this one so give me the Cowboys yeah, I mean, surely they don't, right? Like, surely OSU doesn't blow it. Like, there's no way. Not no way there's... OSU blows it, right? Like, no way. BYU, they, 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 had, they had a pretty good moment last week against OU. That was a home game, senior night, big, 
you know, big old Oklahoma comes into town, you're going to play them tough. But on the road in a tough environment like Stillwater, with all of that on the line, there's no way Oklahoma State, a team never, never known for choking, blows it. There's no way they blow it. Now, you know, it's not like people have referred to them in the ch- as the choking pokes in the past. So I'm going to go with a resounding Oklahoma State minus 17 and a half because there's no way they blow it. Jameson, who do you like? I think BYU covers this. I, I agree, Bobby. I think that this Oklahoma oh, State is right. I know. 17 and a half is a lot of points, guys. I, I think BYU can at least stumble their way into covering this. Oklahoma Their State, starting quarterback has a 50% completion percentage and like the same TD oh to interception God. ratio. He's so bad. He's so bad. Like we, we give the Steel Lung a lot of grief and how he hasn't been the best, but they're taking it to new levels. It's so bad. BYU's so bad. <laughs> I think that there's somehow some way that they're going to barely cover this thing. It's not a smart pick. This is ball, not nowhere. But uh, to be honest with you, I've picked the favorite so far this whole pod. It's time to pick an underdog. Give me 17 and a half BYU. Blake, you should have been there on the last pod when, when these two were hyping up BYU's quarterback. And his oh, God, stats against horrendous. OU, which were like 53%, two touchdown, one interception, and like a 60 QBR. He is but, horrendous. Uh, it was like a the... career game for him. He, he had a two-to-one touchdown interception ratio. <laughs> his only fan besides his parents seems to be Darren Rovell, which is like everything I need to know. Is that about surprising to you? Nope. No, it's not surprising. So I know everything about that. I know everything about that man uh, started at QB at BYU just from those facts. I will say, based on performances against OU, BYU does have the better running back. But I got to go with the pokes here. I was kind of on the fence. But I got to go with the strategy here. I, I have to be different than Jameson on some of these. I do. Oh, I, like, I okay. like it, right? All I right. like it. That is a lot of play points. That game, huh? That is a lot of points, but I like the Cowboys. It's in Stillwater. If if this were in Utah, the line wouldn't be that big, but I'd probably look at a BYU upset. I think maybe there's some hangover. They're going to Stillwater. Give me the Cowboys. If OSU doesn't cover, they might as well lose because the crowd shots. (laughs) Oh, the crowd shots would be amazing from that game. beautiful i i need it especially because they would know like what the result of the ou game would be so they would know they met like they would know they missed it like they blew it so that'd be pretty funny if um, byu uh, is bowl eligible i might like i might just leap off a roof like that <laughs> a, it would not sit right with me that B stank byu is somehow bowl eligible but tcu is not like it is forgot that it, there's that a just, rivalry there like it just would not off. It is so, like, they are so bad. Like, they are really, I really do think, like, Cincinnati's better than them. I know BYU beat them, but I still think Cincinnati is somehow better than this BYU team. I just think this BYU team's, I think, is league worst. I think they are horrendous. I really do. It's, I I know there's head-to-head results that say differently, but I, I think BYU's bad. Cincy? You think they're worse they're, than Cincinnati? I think so. I think no, so. No, that's a ball not nowhere take. They played, they each, played other each other at, at BYU's little them. mystical palace. Yeah, but it, 
everything changed with the most like horrendous muff punt that I've ever seen that like the guy was surprised the ball came at him it hit him in the chest like he was surprised that he had to catch the ball I don't get it like I I stand by that take I think Cincinnati somehow was better this BYU team so bad they're so so bad and it's Houston I know I know it just I I I have no respect for this BYU team whatsoever (laughs) I have no respect for him and Jake Retzloff for whoever it is no respect <laughs> they're so bad oh god all right fingers moving crossed on. moving on to our next game this is a big one it's the last continuous farmageddon between iowa state six and five overall and against the spread and kansas state who is uh eight and three and seven and four against the spread this one being played in manhattan kansas K-State favored by 11 and a half. You can find this one 7 p.m. Central on Fox. Ty, kick us off here. Who do you like? This one is like, it's not It's not funny. It's a tragedy that this continuous rivalry is going away. But it is objectively funny that the rivalry is going away and they're staying in the same conference. Like, that's just extreme goofiness uh, to occur. All that being said... I don't think they're that good. I It pains me to have to give Iowa State some credit here. I think Iowa State is not necessarily that bad. They're just constantly that team. They're that team that's going to develop people and going to put out performances above what their talent should. Give me Kansas State. Oh, my God. All right, it's Kansas State for me here. Kansas State at home, Iowa State. Some people might say that this matchup is actually the battle for the third best team in the Big 12, so we'll learn a lot <laughs> from this. So, well, <laughs> that, that, Bobby, that take is going to be proven true because it's going to be like Texas at the top and then like a seven-way tie for second, the way this tiebreaker <laughs> works out. And then Iowa State's actually going to be the third. Be third. Yep. <laughs> I don't think that – I think they would just be like eight. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like a golf, like a golf tiebreaker. It's like if five five people are tied for second, it means the next person's seventh, exactly, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with Iowa State. I'm gonna. Yes, he is. Hill. Yes, he is. I'm going to die on this hill. They did not look great against Texas. They had their moments, but they couldn't capitalize on offense. Rocco Becht, my man. What? Come on, man. You 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 had something going, and it just. We could have, we you could have had it. You could have had it, but the offense just is awful. Um, I was not impressed with Kansas State as well uh, against, you know, Kansas's backup third string quarterback. That's a game that was really out of their control for a lo- large part of that game. Had to make a bit of a rally. I'm gonna go Iowa State to cover eleven and a half here. I don't think they win, but I think they get a cover. Oh, this is two teams I get bamboozled by all the time. I listen to Jameson chirping in my ear. Rocco Beck, Rocco Beck's good. The second time that Blake said this podcast, he's listened to my takes, but he keeps no. It's just you constantly chirping about it. I'm like, (laughs) is there some truth? No, like Rocco Beck seems he's a he seems like a nice guy, very very average quarterback. But then K State. 
Kate, what are you doing? You're starting Will Howard, and you're only starting Will Howard. K-State was the first school in, I think, a long time that actually had a two-quarterback system that could work. Avery Johnson is a really good change-of-pace quarterback for them that could throw the ball enough to make it dangerous, but also is a speedster. I think Avery Johnson is probably the better of the two at the end of the day. And if, like, Kansas State wanted to be elite, they're not putting Will Howard out there. This is pure spite against Chris Kleiman, the most overrated coach in college football. That bum can't seem to get out of his own way. Whenever he actually has to coach, he makes all the wrong decisions. Whenever he has to make strategic moves on his roster and he doesn't have that little man named Deuce Vaughn, he just can't seem to do it. 11.5 points, too many for Chris Kleiman, who's going to roll out Will Howard. He's going to have three picks, and they're still not going to go to Avery Johnson because this dummy can't seem to realize that they have a system there that would have made him elite, that would have beaten Texas, that would have beaten them if they hadn't gone for two points when they had the momentum. I keep on reminding people that, like, K-State can't use that as a moral victory because they would have won that game. They just played the game out because they were beating Texas outright on the field in that second half i'm tired of that bum chris Kleiman. give me iowa state i think they keep it close if not win chris Kleiman's gonna make some dumb dumb decisions just make himself look like a fool once again incredible all right let's move on to our final game and it's a big one it's a sentimental one for all of us here at the weekend spread in the schooner pod because it is the final showdown uh, that we have on the books between the TCU Horned Frogs and the Oklahoma Sooners. Frogs, uh, five and six overall, uh, and five and six a good spread. They're heading to Norman to take on the Sooners, who are nine and two, seeking a 10 win season, um, seven and four against the spread. Sooners favored by 12 and a half here. Could find this one 11 a.m. Central on Fox on Friday. So, a uh, bit of a weird weekday game here. Um, so, Blake, usually annually we have you on talk about the game overall, so uh, didn't get to do that on the main scooter pod this week, so we'll probably talk about that a little bit um, here. So, um, just want to get your thoughts on on this matchup. What's your temperature like going into um, what is a, a big, big game, and what what are your feelings about this game going away? Yeah, there's, like, things I love, things I hate, like, about this TCU squad, and it's, like, really highlighted last week. I, uh, what, like, Hoover's got me back in. Like, Hoover's definitely the future, and I think, like, the fact that Chandler Morris played a few snaps at the end of that game when things got out of hand, it's, like... They know in that building that Hoover is the better player. Things are starting, the good thing is, things are starting to slow down for him a little bit. He's starting to hit those receivers. He's not making as many mistakes. Like, he feels a little bit more comfortable with it. The thing that worries me, and I know OU struggled with this all year, the play calling. The play calling, both offensive and defensive side. Defensive side, I'm worried in the sense that I just don't think we have the guys. We don't have the play calling, nor do we have the guys. I think our secondary is still really good. You're going to have some NFL guys on that side of the ball. But besides that, we can't generate pressure to save our lives. It's like Joe Gillespie came in, did the 3-3-5, really hasn't seen success at all with it. Like, we kind of got some resistance at the end of last season versus Texas. And then Michigan, like, although that was like blowout, made some key plays. But... 
it seems like mostly the secondary's doing that. They can't generate that pressure up the middle. It doesn't seem like the D-line's got it. The linebackers are all right, but it's just like schematically, we don't ever get those guys flying towards the quarterback would put Dylan Gabriel in a bad spot. So worried about that. Offensive side play calling, about the same. We we both have offensive coordinators that came from the Bryles tree. On fourth and one, they are somewhat addicted to doing the jet sweep. Um, we did it last week. We did it last week. Fourth and one in our red zone. And we did it, it just the most mind-boggling play. And, like, that's, I think, kind of the crux of this TCU offense is we've learned, like, our interior line can't do anything. It's like our center and our two guards. We can't. Amani Bailey's probably the best player on that TCU offense, but... Teams have figured out that just, like, sell out for the run, kind of settle back and hope Hoover makes mistakes. Uh, because if we don't run it to the outside, Imani Bailey's getting, like, a yard a game. Like, we've seen it. Like, he was he was fantastic at the start of the year. And, like, last week, I think he had, like, he averaged, like, three yards a carry, not doing anything. Oh, but then it comes down to I actually have to make the pick. I have to make the pick. 12 and a half, Boomer Blake, but also my love. My love for TCU. My love for Hoover. And I think last week was just the perfect game to just get me bought back in. I know it was Baylor. I know it's trash. I know they are a horrendous football team. But some of the stuff I was seeing, and I just like think back to that OU Kansas game. It was just like, OU secondary, great. But they just forget that the middle of the field exists. And it's like we're throwing guys like J.P. Richardson, Savion Williams across the middle. And finally, 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 after me screaming from the rooftops, Jared Widely, a tight end that's, I think, going to be starting in the NFL. That guy is great. He can block well. He can run routes good. And he's pretty, like, I wouldn't say, like, speedy, but he's, like, good for a tight end in an open space and stuff like that. Finally unleashed him, our leading receiver last week. I gotta take the frogs. I think twelve and a half is. I just think twelve and a half is too much. I think OU, there's weakness there, and that's what I have to convince myself is that I always think of OU as this Lincoln Riley, this Bob Soup's juggernaut that always beats us. But last year, I got that first sniff of blood, and although we are just <laughs> we are complete crap this year, we stink. It's just like I see I'll struggle against BYU, and I'm like. Why can't that be us? Like, can we make them struggle? I know BYU, mystical powers up in the mountains. They can keep things close. But I've seen it against UCF. I've seen it against even, like, Cincinnati. Just kind of, like, they didn't, they were never in that game. But, like, they can limit. And I'm like, those are bad teams. I'm like, why can't that bad team just be us? That we get to that scenario with UCF that we have a chance to tie the game and actually run a competent second down play, which, who or, second two-point conversion play and you know Bryles won't be able to run one of those but maybe maybe there's a chance that the dice roll our way I gotta go the frogs I gotta go the frogs it would be just hilarious leaving the big 12 y'all lose to OSU you lose to TCU like basically all your friends back home all their schools that they went to just has one over you for some reason I just the memes would be great the hysteria I would just Ooh, it'd make me feel good going into Saturday if I knew OU wasn't going to going to Arlington just because it was because of us. And I want to go to a bowl. I really want to. It's going to be the worst bowl game imaginable that they would put us in, and I don't care. I just really want to go to a bowl. It doesn't make sense that UCF is probably going to go to a bowl. It doesn't make sense that some of these other really bad teams that we are better than, that we just never got the opportunity to play, are going to go to a bowl. So I want to do that. So give me TCU. Also, UCF Blake, beat- just to... 
you got time. I was going to say, just to clarify, it sounded like you maybe weren't um, 100% on it, but Dylan Gabriel probably not going to play. Oh, he's not? Oh, we don't know. Bro. I don't think we know. But it, oh, it is, Ooh, Jackson Arnold's James the better quarterback. James. Okay, Jameson, uh, explain. We are, we are, we are legitimately recording this on Sunday, so the day afterwards. And so the bad part about like college, we can't like know if he's in concussion protocol. Like NFL, you know if the player's in concussion protocol the next day. So just for a guy who's had a history of a concussion that kept him out for multiple games on a short week, I just don't see it where he's going to make it out in time. Oh, yeah. ooh la la. But I don't honestly, but that scares me though. It's like Jackson Arnold, I think, yeah. is a talent. Like, I think I, mm-hmm. I thought, like, kind of after know. the Kansas game, just roll him out there and like see what your future has. Like, I I know that I know the goal was to still, even after the loss of Kansas, you're still in the Big 12 race. But, ah, he's good. He is good. But, hey, the young guns, I know with Josh Hoover, the future, they can go out there and make some mistakes early. So. And that's the thing, is you're talking about BYU and their mystical powers, you know, in Provo. But whatever whatever that is, TCU has the exact opposite whenever they go on the road. They have one road win this season, and it was to a pathetically bad Houston team. And to me, I just, I don't see, I don't see TCU really having it where they can walk into Norman and get a win like this. They haven't performed well at all on the road. This OU team feels a lot better when they're at home. They levy whatever it is with his system feels a little bit more comfortable. I think we see Jackson Arnold air it out a little bit more now that he has a week to prepare game plan around Arnold. I think Oklahoma has a chance to really unleash on uh, on the Frogs here. I'm not too terribly afraid of what Hoover can do. He makes a lot of mistakes. And look, if OU's defense gets to him early and make it forces them into mistakes, this environment's going to be pretty intense. It's going to be pretty exciting. Um, this is, I believe, TCU's third trip out of the state this year. So there's that too. I just, ultimately, I, I think TCU underperforms on the road. I know they're going to be fired up to try to be bowl eligible. Um, Sonny Dykes clearly has him, you know, pretty fired up. Uh, just looking at the videos and stuff, you know, right after their uh, win on Saturday. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's Sooners big here. OU minus 12 and a half is a play. Put Jackson Arnold out there. Put Gabriel out there. I, it doesn't matter to me. I think OU, uh, I think OU's pulling, pulling through. I think it, here. I think it would matter. I, I, I think more of a, Gabriel, I, I, more of a still safety thing, Bobby. <laughs> the line, the line would be so, yeah, that too. I mean, I mean, don't put him out there if he has spaghetti brain, but <laughs> Bobby wants to do, do that. Do do that. <laughs> don't do that. Like it would probably be seventeen and a half if we had Dylan Gabriel. I really, I, I, that's probably where I think it would be. See, Blake, the difference is is that we don't trust uh, Jackson Arnold. They, they let him that's throw wild. nine passes the entire half, and then every other time he's played this year, he really hasn't been given the nod for passes. By we, like by we, that means like, Jeff Levy. The, the got, we, there's no we yeah. here. Yeah, you got Jeff Levy. Okay, I, yes, obviously. <laughs> But I get it because it, it was a rainy game, bad like circumstance. You know, had to just kind of be. Yeah, I mean there. that's that's I, understandable. I but DG got twenty plus looks in the same, you know, span of time in the same weather, and then like I said, you know, just 
obviously steeper learning curve at the beginning of the season, but we didn't really throw with him all that much at the beginning. Like it, it didn't seem like we're really trying to trust or teach him anything. It's just kind of like keep him in the bubble wrap or something. It's about survival, I guess, honestly. I think we'll be pretty one dimensional on Saturday, but I think that's good enough to get this cover. I think Jeff Levy's system, it works really well at home. We've seen it. And then also TCU. Are like we Bobby sure Smith. about that? Like, are we sure? We keep saying that, but it's like you beat Cincinnati by 14. You go to the wire with UCF. I know you had Cincinnati some. Cincinnati on the road. Oh, was? Shoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the worst possible thing that can happen in this game for both teams is that one team runs a successful jet sweep in like the first quarter because <laughs> the coordinators are going to be chasing it the whole time. <laughs> hey, you know, if it works, why don't we just keep doing it? Go nope, on, nope, the Gavin it. Freeman strategy. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe we just, just because that one bubble screen works that one time, that doesn't, oh, that, it drives me nuts. It's like they break a bubble screen for like 10 yards. They're like, this is a successful first down play. Like, we can go to this every single time. <laughs> Josh Heupel built his whole career on that. Yeah, I I, I think, but really what it comes down to is I think this game was going to hit the under, like Ty said in our um, preview pod earlier. I think this is going to control the narrative, but I think our defenses should step up and get some turnovers here. We have been really, really good about forcing turnovers. Like Blake said, Hoover's the kind of guy that wants to go out and make the big plays. Unfortunately, we got really, really good safeties. So if he tries to, how are y'all against tight ends? That's what I'm curious about. Have we? Because I feel like I only have the Kansas game in my mind, and I don't want to tell you because I'm like against us. No, I feel like we haven't been beat up by tight ends. It's usually been like star outside wide receivers that have gotten us. Good to know because I just I always I just think back to the Kansas. It's just the the seam route up the middle that OU just does not seem to cover. It just it just seems like that's always there. It does. No, I, I'm I, pretty I, sure Red River was only so close because like the exact same play. Oh yeah, you're right. They did have tight ends, but like it wasn't like we got like bludgeoned by the tight end. They just this is true. Like, yeah, we didn't get like they didn't have like Kelsey out there against us. Mm-hmm. Or, it's not like the old Iowa State days, you know, where they're just mm-hmm. killing us. Yeah, the yeah Charlie Kohler just has like 15 catches. Yeah, Making that man look like Gronk out there. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think we control the narrative of this game. I think it's lower scoring. I think hopefully our defense is starting to get a little bit healthier. We play aggressive. We push TCU into turnovers. Um, we get ahead early and run the clock, and then we're going to blink, and we're going to be like, are you kidding me? This game's over already, and we're going to be so mad. And just be like, I don't want it to end. And it's going to be really sad. So give me OU here by 17 in a low-scoring game. Yeah, I, what Blake laid out as sort of the script for TCU to beat OU, I think is broadly OU's script to beat TCU. It's what we talked about a little bit on the previous pod before he hopped on. It's put pressure on the quarterback through the linebackers because the D-line probably isn't going to do it. Trust your secondary to make turnovers here and there because TCU is going to be playing a higher risk, higher reward, potentially uh, passing strategy with Hoover. And then I think, you know, that offensively, OU just needs to control the the time of possession. I think we got very lucky with this, uh, what has occurred in this line bumping down because we have a quarterback who can make plays if we trust him to. Um, And we have the, the running back room now, especially against TCU, 
to be able to really dominate time of possession and uh, control this game. So like Jameson said, I think this one is over pretty quickly. And I think that OU is sort of forced to utilize some tools that we've been underutilizing all year in play calling and in personnel. And uh, I think we get the cover on this one if we can do the right things on defense. All right. There we go. That is... uh, I hope this one's a good one. I hope it is. Just, like, keep me in it as long as possible. It could happen. Oh, God. It just it just sucks that the last five quarters of football that I've watched of TCU has actually been good. But I like it's what? it's the recency bias because it's like last game was good and then fourth quarter against Texas was fantastic. So I'm like, can we just have that for four quarters in one game? Four we'll quarters see. in one game. Also, did y'all know the blue bonnet battle trophy was a shield? No, I, I mean, I didn't know it until I saw it afterwards. We had kind of it, mentioned it. In... Go ahead, Blake. Yeah, it's just like, it's, the graphics on it are horrible. Like, don't get me wrong. But, like, why don't you market that? The sh- A shield is actually cool. Like, it's a cool, like, having a wearable trophy is cool. But they somehow botched the rollout of this rivalry so bad that they didn't even highlight the one cool part that they actually made of the trophy. Like if the trophy just had something different on it, I would probably be fine with it because like I was looking for that. I was looking for that like shiplap looking wood pedestal, <laughs> like a hawk and like to just do it. They did not do any trophy ceremony after because I know they knew what the crowd reaction was going to be on both sides. Like it was just going to get booed to infinity. And so they gave it to like one of our offensive linemen who was like slightly getting it there. But when I saw, without the wooden base i'm like is that a shield and then of course i see the videos in the locker room and i'm like it is they didn't market that at all like the shield part is cool like the just the function of it the graphics on it still suck but i just yeah i don't i don't get the whole rollout of that one like they actually had one cool part about it and they just never highlighted it yeah that was a botched job because the shield is cool like walking around with it it's kind of neat you know this big you know chip and joe like i don't know captain america shield it's... oh i'm ready for the game to get chippy like afterwards like a big brawl and somebody try to captain america throw that thing <laughs> at a player oh i am ready for that i am that's ready <laughs> that's great all right guys we ready for our favorite pick of the week i heard the brakes working It's time for our wild card picks where we get to make a pick from the remaining college football games. Ty, kick us off here. Who do you like? Look, there is a, a cardinal sin for me that I always I always commit. I always stray from what I know is right on the weekend spread. It's how I always end up in these positions. I'm like, it'd be really funny. It, the worst possible thing for me this year was going on an island for that Colorado outright win against TCU that I hit. Cause then I just continue to go for these like funny slam dunks every week. And I've stacked up the losses. I need to go back to what I know best. And that is picking based on being a hater. There's nothing more fun than being a hater in college football and picking against people and kicking teams while they're down. It's the greatest joy out there. And I'm conflicted on this one, right? I thought about going green eggs and ham. I really did, but I have to go with one where I actually hate both teams, rare situation where I'm picking one 
where I hate both teams because picking based on love has not worked out well for me this year on the wild card. So what is a game where I hate both teams? You know it's going to be in the Big Ten. Who's a team that we can kick while they're down? Michigan State deserves to be kicked. They deserve to continue to be kicked. Worst organization, like actual loss of organizational control and serious issues going on. They're, they're focusing on the wrong team in the state of Michigan. What do we know about Penn State, who was playing Michigan State? Penn State is not a good team. They are, they are objectively not a good football team. Every time they get challenged, they play like garbage. But what do they do? They smoke bad opponents in conference, and then they have their student body of like half a million people, and then their alumni base of legitimately over 2 million people. You can look it up. Just shout down anyone online that gives any sort of criticism towards them or their coach who sucks or anything else. Penn State is going to roll into this one. <clears throat> I should clarify, Penn State favored by 20. Penn State is going to roll into this one. They're going to absolutely smoke Michigan State. It's not going to be fun to watch as a Michigan State fan. Good. They deserve it. It's not going to be fun to watch unless you're a Penn State fan because it's going to be Big Ten football. Give me the Nursery Lions minus 20 over Michigan State. I actually love that pick. Jamison? I have not been looking forward to this moment. I So we already kind of talked about at the beginning of the pod. I have been quoted in past episodes saying that I was going to Martingale strategy the Boko Bobcats, Texas State, and just keep on letting it ride. After they let Arkansas State score 77 against them, they're now a five-point dog versus South Alabama. Only five points. I can't do that, guys. I just can't do that. And for the sake of Boko, too, I'm going to take a step back and just let them do their thing. I, I I just can't. I can't keep doubling down. I think that's whenever you become a big old loser. I'm already a big one to begin with. But I want some drama. I really do. And another thing of drama on this podcast that there's been some beef is Blake keeps calling me a ball not knower. And I'm getting real tired of it. So I want to stick it to him. And I'm going to show him how much I do know ball. And that's why I'm picking Central Florida this weekend at minus 13 and a half versus Houston. I want to hear all of the ball not knower takes after this. I want to hear it from Blake. Because John Reese Plumley is gonna show out this weekend and he's gonna stick it to you, Blake. They're gonna get a big, big win versus Houston team who just truly does not care anymore. Just wait for it, and it's gonna be glorious. Blake, I'm, I'm not trying to reveal his strategy, but this is an obvious attempt to get you to use your wild card to go opposite him on this. That's what that's what I'm seeing. I'm flushing out the strategy, seeing what's, seeing what's going on. The, I have contingency plans. He's a strategy not knower. Strategy not knower spotted on the pond. We got ourselves our own weekend spread levy here. Overthinking it. Uh, Oh, incredible. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go right into mine. Here's the thing. Um, sometimes you have a, a pick show up and yeah, you know, rivalries, you know, you never want to go with an overinflated line, but there's one that just makes so much sense. I don't care about tradition. I don't care about history. I don't care what's happened in the past. 
Alabama minus 14 and a half on the road at Auburn. Just come on. Like Alabama hasn't been the flashiest, right? But after what Hugh Freeze and that Auburn team did last week, getting stomped by New Mexico State at go home. Diego, go. Go, Diego, go. Diego. go. And, and look, I, I'm not trying. Like, New Mexico State, respectable program. You know, they've done a lot of really good things recently. But that is astonishingly bad. Um, this game is about hate. This game is about, like, Alabama is going to be locked in on this one. They had the better team. I think they cover 14 and a half. Easy peasy. That just, that feels great. So, for my normal pick, uh, there is one rivalry, which... I, I love every single year that pops up around this time. And it has one of the best acronym names whenever you smash the two together. I will not say it on this so we don't get uh, delisted or demonetized by anyone. But <laughs> it's UConn. It's UConn, you ass. It's, it, it is the, the <laughs> battle for the bad. <laughs> no, not even that. There's If you put, if you put the CU and then the... And then <laughs> you know what it is. You you know the bowl, and it always delivers. And this one is so fantastic to me because I was really high on U.S. starting the year. It was they beat New. Speaking of go Diego, but go they went to New Mexico State and beat them on their own terms, which is honestly a great great win. Uh, Jerry Kill, I think, is a great coach. I think one that. Uh, Mississippi State should be looking at like you need guys in these small like these mid to low level like p5 gigs that can just take wins from teams and Jerry Kill seems to do that he's done it everywhere he's went did it at Minnesota he's now doing it at New Mexico State like he got them to ball eligibility last year they were they were the original U.S. And they've, like, found their way. They're playing for a conference title next week. Like, that is insane. That is insane. So, looking at this bowl, I'm high high on UAS at the beginning of the year. Start to falter off. And then UConn over here gets their first win of the season versus Sacred Heart, finally. <laughs> they played a lot of teams close. But you know what? I gotta go UConn here. Take the two and a half. They have my German super weapon, who I think is out for the year, but they decided to take him in after he transferred from uh, TCU. So you know they know a thing about ball. They know that ball isn't defined in the 50 states. It's not those boundaries. You can go international to find those players. I, I gotta go UConn. I gotta go UConn. Two and a half. This game's gonna be nasty. It's gonna be nasty. I'm checking right now if you can even watch this game on, like, a normal, like, streaming. It might be a flow. Oh, no, it's ESPN Plus. Thank God. I was expecting Flow Sports or one of those. But they're like, if you want to watch this game, it's 30 bucks a month. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, ESPN Plus, is, you can still get for 6 bucks. You can get just about every other college football or basketball game not on TV. So I'm going to take the Yukon Huskies in this nasty matchup. Give me the Huskies. And Bobby, you know what to play. Ooh. You never saw this coming. I summon Pot of Green. We literally all saw it coming, by the way. We all saw it coming. And... Jameson, Jameson, Jameson. You knew this was going to be the focus of this segment. 
laying it out. You want me to take that Houston so bad. You want me to. You laid it out there ready for me to pounce. But as Ty mentioned earlier in the earlier in the pod, the art of war. I'm not going to take your direct. Oh, you're advance. scared because you just don't know ball. I'm not. I'm just going to show you how easy it is to know ball. Give me Boko plus the points. No. I'll tell you how to win with Texas State. It's that no. easy, my brother. No, no. You just got to take them, and they're going to win. They're probably going to win outright. I'm going to oh. show you how easy it is, little boy, that if you just choose the Boko Bobcats, <laughs> they are going to win the football game. This is We're talking about the bowl-eligible Boko Bobcats. They're going to turn around with the captain on their ship. I'm going to show you what the ultimate ball not knower is like whenever Boko covers for me. Like, uh, now that they're under my umbrella, oh, oh they're going to cover. J- Jameson, do you have a mulligan? No. Gone. I used my mulligan already. Oh, and it God. wouldn't matter. What is he getting? It he, wouldn't it, matter. It would be more shameful to, to go crawling yeah. over to Blake and jump on his Blake pick. is a coward is what he is. I'm not a coward. Well, I'm just going to show you is... in your defeats, in your eternal war to finally get that Boko glory. I'm going to show you how easy it is. I am going to. I just got to walk I'm... on the field and I get I've, it. Have you, been, have, you, have you picked Boko yet, Blake? Like ever? No. No, He's never wild. Oh no, I did oh. once this year. I did once this year. I picked him against Baylor. Well, no, I was the only one that no. believed, but not as a wild oh, card. No, not as a wild card. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah, show you how. To win. Yep, I'm gonna so show you for, how easy it is, Jameson. For the listeners unfamiliar, Boco Texas State, a team that is an invasive species that I introduced to the podcast a couple of years ago. <laughs> when you pick them on the weekend spread as a wild card. They always hit. This worked for me. This worked for Jameson. This worked for Bobby. They always hit the first time you pick them, and then never again. Never again. When they're on the regular slate, which they've appeared a couple times, obviously throw that out. But on the wild card, first time, it's like easy money layup. It's like a you know free trial sign up uh, <laughs> bonus. That it's just this is the most disrespectful move that's ever been done on the weekend spread. Blake and Jameson aren't even really competing. And Jameson, just his own team, just absolutely nobody saw this coming. Just masterful play. Truly a strategy knower and ball knower because that's an objectively good You know team. what? I want to shake this guy's hand. I want to shake your hand. I want to shake now, your hand because you are I, saving my Boko Bobcats right now. Is what you're I can't about. wait for Jameson on Saturday watching the game. I looked it up. NFL Network. This isn't even on a college <laughs> network. We got to go to the NFL to watch you're this. And me. I know you're Jameson not- has been shouting from the rooftops how much South Alabama's a fraud. They aren't that good of a the good of a con- like they're not that good of a Sunbelt team. You're probably right, my man, and I'm a just I'm about to get all the glory. I'm oh about God. you never put the money where your mouth is and ooh, so, this is So for y'all keeping score at home, uh the pot of grades this year have been Ty picking Alabama, me picking Boco, Jameson picking Boco, and Blake picking Boco. <laughs> so <laughs> three of the four pot Well, we are given one extra pick. For the entire season, and three out of the four of us picked Texas freaking state. <laughs> I love. This. In my defense, I, I picked game. Bama like minus forty against someone. Like, so. I, I feel like we need to find a way to like. I, 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 we might need to tweak Pot Agreed because it feels like it might just be a free Boco. But-
So be it. I'm all for that. Oh, I, I'm fine for it because when Jameson chooses it, it's an auto loss. They know, they know, like, Boko's smart. They know the ball knowers. They know the ball not knowers. They know that they had ball not knowers supporting them the last two weeks. Can't get them over the line. We'll show them what the captain does. This we'll, is just, we'll get them an outright is, win as a dog. This is so beautifully scripted because this is going to hit so perfectly for Blake. And then the bug's just going to be itching him next season. Next season, he's going to be like, oh, I could do it again. I could I could be the one that breaks the curse. Uh, the captain knows ball. I'm going to break the curse, and it's going to burn him. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Blake and I are like almost like too smart to go back to it. Like I know not to go – not to touch him again, but I could see, I could see Blake also being like, I'm not touching him again. He knows, he knows ball. Yeah. He, he, he knows, he knows picking. I just, so, I, uh, Blake's not a true ball knower. No, no, Jameson, you'll see this week. You'll be this happy. A be... smile will be on your face, but a little tear is just going to be rolling down. This is going to Knowing be what you did, knowing who's your papa to take you, no, to, I'm take your be, team I'm... to the promised land. I told you, I want to shake this guy's hand. Good for you. You did something when, that I couldn't. When Boko is five and six next year, and they need that one win to get him across the line, I want Jameson on his knees, begging, begging me to back him just to right the ship. I can't wait for that. This is he's gonna he's gonna need me. He's gonna want me just because I'm the only one that can bring his team to <laughs> the promised God. land. This, the, look, we need this to go one of two ways. Either Blake needs to do tremendous, or he needs to completely fall apart. I, like I, I know, usually it's like, oh, you're like, whatever. You have a strong feeling about something, it's gonna go fifty-fifty. This feels like it's going to either go completely horrible, or he's going to have one of the greatest weekend spread weeks of all time. Oh I man, think the I latter. Just, I... <laughs> I of course the you latter. do. <laughs> Ugh, all oh, right, well, amazing. Well, guys, that's it for the regular season. Uh, last regular season weekend spread. Um, of OU in the Big 12, last really the last one of this format because we are going to uh, shift it up in the future. Obviously, not picking all Big 12 games uh, anymore as OU is moving to the SEC. So we are going to be trying to figure out some sort of weird hybrid method where uh, it, we respect our roots but also look forward to the future. It would be funny though if it's like if I'm in the lead, we have to pick like primarily uh, Big Twelve games, and if y'all are in the lead, it shifts to SEC, like a home field advantage. <laughs> like you get your own games. <laughs> like the only uh, SEC game we're picking is like o OU and like Ole Miss, but the rest of them are like Utah like, and UCF. <laughs> it's like it's like ASU versus Cincinnati, and you're like, why are we choosing this? <laughs> you like to win more, boys. <laughs> 12 matchup. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Well, it was a, another excellent season of the weekend spread um, that will be concluded next week when we make our conference championship picks. We've had a we've had a lot of years kind of come down to the wire on these on, on the, on yes. the uh, conference championships. Blake and I have had some legendary battles there. Uh, we'll see if that's the case again uh, entering next week. Um, and then also at the bottom, excitement on uh, as well on the line with uh, Ty and Jameson duking it out for last place so um we will see who has to listen to the worst uh you know alarm possible devised by either by probably blake but anyways. no he's a ball not knower he's gonna just take a big old no. down. what does that have to hey, do with picking an alarm 
when I take your team to the promised land this week, Jameson, since it'll be after Thanksgiving by next time we meet up, I'll just sit you on my lap like Santa and give you the full experience. <laughs> Little ball not knower, show you who's the real daddy here. <laughs> what would you like for Christmas, little boy? A Texas State Bowl win? Yes, I <laughs> Because would. I can give that to you. <laughs> oh, it. and I mean, look, we got the bull picks uh, pods coming up. Blake, those are always our always favorite Always chaos. Too. Always chaos. Oh. Just... God, yeah. We Look, this entire season, we've struggled to get through 10 picks a week. How are we going to get through the bowls? <laughs> I think we divided it. Last year, we divided them nice where we took, like, we kind of kept the same schedule but divided bowls because I think we realized if we do it all in one go, it's like it, it'll for, last. We'll be here be for longer, five hours. Yeah. It'd be longer than a standard Lord of the Rings movie. It'd be bad. Yeah. So, it'd be yeah. longer than the March Madness special, which all the OGs who listen to that know. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> there are four people. No, when we're halfway that. through it's the round of 64 funny. and it's hour and 30 minutes in. <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you, you know you're in too deep there's no way to speed it up that was an ascent into madness but all right guys that's all for our show thank you all so much for watching and listening with us all regular season long we look forward to covering uh college football's postseason with y'all and um look it's gonna be fun so all right for me blake ty and jameson this has been the weekend spread We'll see y'all next time. Good luck out there, everybody.